Hey, good morning, everybody. So great to see you. Great to have those of you that are joining us online. Everybody say, God's good. He is so good. Welcome to week one of a two-part message series that we'll kick off today uh, where we're just talking about um, the newness of life that God gives us. One of the things that I love about God and about his promises is that he promises to make all things new. All things new. Paul wrote by inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the church at Corinth. In his first letter, he said, uh, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things, everybody say all things. All things have become brand new. Now I think all of us uh, can agree that the most important thing within our life is our relationships. I mean, we like our stuff and we enjoy our hobbies, but it's people that we really care for the most, right? And that's the way it should be. So with that in mind, I have to to take God's promise to make all things new, and I have to ask the question, what about those relationships? What about the friendships that I've had? Those relationships that I've been engaged in leading up into that moment that God makes all things new, will he also make those relationships brand new. I absolutely believe that he will and that he does. And I wanna talk to you about that here for a few minutes as we kick off this message series. If you um, have ever had any kind of involvement in uh, recovery programs, uh, whether it's a secular-based 12-step a recovery program that helps those uh, struggling with addiction to find sobriety, uh, or whether it's a, a Bible-based program like Teen Challenge. We, we love Teen Challenge as a ministry. It's a ministry that we greatly support as a church, and we love how God is just breaking those chains off of people's lives, those addictions off of people's lives. Amen. But if you've ever been engaged or involved at all with any kind of a 12-step program or recovery program, you know one of the things they tell you right away is that you can't go back to the old games you used to play, so you need new games. And, and they, they say, this is what that's gonna look like. It's gonna look like you find a new, a new playground. You can't go hang out in the same old places you used to hang out in. You gotta have a new playground and you're gonna need new playmates. In other words, those people uh, that you once were connected with before you made the decision to fully embrace sobriety, you can't go hang with those same people because much of the dysfunction within your life can be connected to the people that you were associated to. So, so, so they'll tell you, you know, you gotta, you gotta get new games on a new playground with new playmates. And I think that there is something very biblical about that counsel and about that advice. And I do believe that God wants to surround each one of us as we commit ourselves to him, as we become a part of his kingdom. He wants to surround us with new friends. I remember when I first became a Christ follower, that was a a great concern to me because I had people that I'd been doing life with for years and years and years. Can I, can I real quickly just make this disclaimer? Can I just say to every one of you, just because someone says they're your friend doesn't mean they're your friend. Can, can we own that? Can we own that together? 
And so I've been doing life with these people that if the truth were told, much of the dysfunction within my life, and I did struggle greatly with addiction through my teen years, much of the dysfunction in my life, you could lay the responsibility of a lot of it at the feet of those that I had surrounded myself with and their dysfunction could greatly be laid at my feet, right? We were terrible for each other. But I didn't want to betray my friends. I, I had... I had aligned my heart with God's will for my life and I said, God, I wanna, I wanna serve you, I wanna know you, I wanna live for you. And, and, and yet, I, I didn't wanna turn my back. That's the way I was processing this. I didn't wanna turn my back on people that were near to me and dear to me. And here's what I discovered. and I wanna help somebody that maybe is new to faith and you're wondering, what about these relationships that I've been in all these years? Let me just share with you, I didn't have to turn my back on anybody. All I had to do is live out the life I pledged to live to Christ. All I had to do was love him and celebrate him and I didn't have to turn my back to them. They turned their back on me. They kicked me to the curb. They're like, you and your Jesus go that way, right? And, 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 um, and it wasn't betrayal at all on my part. In fact, if, if I'm gonna be honest with you, and I really do wanna help you if you're struggling with this, that decision to follow Christ and to say, I'm gonna surround myself with a different type of friend isn't betrayal, it's actually benevolence. If you think about it, and I want you to get your heart around that concept, because benevolence is really just acting towards people in a kind way. Can I tell you that if you continue to pat your friend's sin on the back, if you continue to lock arms with them and walk down the wrong path that leads to destruction, you're not helping them and they're not helping you. One of the most benevolent things you could do is say to your friend, I can't walk this path with you anymore. I'm gonna walk a different path that I want you to come along with me on. And then let them make a decision just like you made a decision to follow Jesus. So today I really want to focus on that. 2 Corinthians six fourteen said, stop forming inappropriate relationships with unbelievers. He says, can right and wrong be partners? Can light have anything in common with darkness? And of, of course, the answer to that question is no. And then in Galatians chapter one, he really gets at the heart of our issue and the heart of our struggle with this because at the end of the day, what we're really struggling with is our propensity to be man pleasers. Y'all are looking at me like I'm at the wrong church. I know leading up to my decision to follow Christ, it's what I was. I was a man pleaser. Now, the man I most often strove to please was this man and then others, others that I admired, others that I wanted their admiration and I strive to please them. But listen to Galatians 1.10. I am not trying to please people. I wanna please God. Anybody else in this room feel that way? I wanna please God. He says, do you think I'm trying to please people? If I were doing that, I would not be a servant of Christ. So in other words, to truly serve God, you can't live to please people, including yourself, or those others that you maybe once were really connected to and aligned with. You can no longer live to serve them, to please them. On the contrary, we must live our lives to please God and to serve him. Now, the beautiful thing about my experience is some of those friends that I'd had 
They did. They kicked me to the curb. They served me notice. No longer. We're not interested in hanging with you anymore. Others made the decision to walk that straight and narrow path with me. And here all these years later, we're still serving God together. They're still a part of my circle of friends. Come on, somebody give God thanks. What I'd love to do here today with you is just look at seven things that I think are indicative of a true righteous relationship. Friendship in the kingdom of God should include these seven things. And what I'd love for you to do as I describe these seven things is I want you to kind of break out within your mind. I want you to break out the scale and, and from a, on a scale of one to 10, I want you to, to really rate how good a friend you're being to those that God has brought into your life to embrace. And really on a scale of one to 10, I want you to rate how good the friendships that you're engaged in really are based on what the Bible says God wants us to be for one another. Does that sound good? All right, number one, the first thing is encouragement. We all need encouragement. And it's God's intention that we will encourage one another. In fact, a common theme throughout the morning is going to be this whole idea of encouraging one another. Listen to Proverbs 27 verse nine, where the Bible said, perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of one's friend springs from his earnest counsel. Have you ever been around someone or someone walked into the room and they were wearing a cologne or a perfume that just really was just something really beautiful, something that you really admired, something that just was refreshing to you. The Bible said our counsel in one another's life is like that perfume, it's like that cologne. That when we walk in the room, our encouragement to one another should be a very pleasant thing and it should be indicative of our friendship. So stop just a moment and check out that scale. How good a friend are you? How encouraging are you? to your friends. Number two, the second a component to real kingdom relationships will be prayer. We're gonna pray for one another. And as we think about this today, and as we kind of, again, weigh this on this scale from one to 10, how prayerful are you for your friends? Do you really pray for your friends like you should be praying for your friends? Listen to Ephesians chapter six, verse 18, where the apostle writes by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, he says, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Now I know it's football season coming up. And so I just want to go ahead and make the disclaimer that he's not talking about the New Orleans saints, although they could use our prayers, but he's talking about the saints of God. Let me make one more disclaimer. He's not talking about someone that some religious establishment voted to, to make uh, and to grant sainthood because of the life they led or some miracle that they, that they worked. Now we've got to look to them as a saint that we're going to pray to. Look at me. Let me share this as candidly as I know how. You won't find anything about that in the Bible. It's not biblical. Listen, look, look at me. Look at me. I don't mean to upset your apple cart, but the Bible never told you to pray to saints. It said pray for saints. And the saints we pray for are the people of God within the family of God. They're the people that are surrounding you here this morning. Those that you're connected with around the world that are your 
members of your spiritual family. God calls us his saints and we need to be praying for one another. And I'll just say this, the true test of friendship is how diligently we pray for our friends. So on a scale of one to 10, how good of a friend are you? Number three, challenge. Along with encouragement, we also need people that love us enough to get in our face. Don't make me come down there and amen myself. We need people that are gonna call us out, call us lovingly, call us on the carpet. When, when we're walking out of God's will, we're gonna challenge one another. Can I say it this way? Your best friends are the ones who bring out the best in you. Your best friends are those friends that bring the best out of you. So on a scale of one to 10, are you bringing the best out of your friends? Are they bringing the best out of you? Those people that you're connected with. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24 said, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. I love that verse because it's a cowboy verse. He's talking about spurs right here. And if you've ever ridden horses, if you're an equestrian, you know that a spur is an instrument that you use to get the, the greatest performance out of your horse. I need some friends that have spurs that jingle, jangle, jingle. I need some friends, man, that are going to spur me on to the very best I'm able to carry out to the glory of God. And I want to be that kind of friend for others. Number four, the fourth kind of component of these kingdom friendships that God wants to see within our life is a thing called companionship. You are wired by God not to do life by yourself, not to live as an island unto yourself. God wanted you to be connected with others. And so he wired you in such a way where you need companionship. Proverbs 18 and verse 24 said, some friends don't help, but a true friend is closer than your own family. God wants to surround you with that kind of friend. Companionship is really just keeping company with people. There's a consistency to it, and consistency is really the key. Um, here a few weeks ago, one of our, our pastors on, on our lead team let me know about a family that reached out to us, and they said, hey, man, we haven't been there in weeks. And they explained the situation that was going on, and they said, you know, we're really concerned because we never heard from you guys. We were, we were missing in action for weeks, and we never heard from you guys. And our, our pastor on our lead team was very concerned about that. And so he asked a couple of questions so we could know how to address it. And so he asked them, he said, well, listen, what small group are you a part of? Because I want to get with that leader and I want to let them know what our expectations are. They said, oh, we don't, we don't do small groups. We're not involved in, in small groups. He said, oh, okay, I see. He said, well, okay, well, what, what about your serve team? Which serve team are you on? Because I can get with the captain of that serve team. They should have known that you weren't here. They said, oh, no, no, we, we don't serve in the church. We just attend. He said, oh, well, there, there's the problem. There's the problem. Can, can we get really honest? We, we've got, on average, 2,500 to 3,000 people here every weekend. We really probably have more like 4,500 to 5,000 people that kind of circle in and out of here every weekend. And if you just come, and we have multiple services, three Sundays every, three services every Sunday. If you just come and you're just a face in the crowd, you can get overlooked. It's not until you really commit to the family of God and you get involved in a small group or you get involved in a small team that you're gonna have the kind of friendship that I'm describing today. How much 
connection is there in your companionship with the family of God. Hebrews 10, I read earlier, verse 24. Let me read verse 25. It says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of Christ's return is drawing near and it's drawing nearer all the time. And so we need to connect like never before. Can I get a better amen? Number five, the fifth component of our kingdom friendships, the thing that new a new way of doing friendship is going to include, according to the Bible, is a thing called accountability. It's where we answer to one another. And it's so necessary. It's so necessary that we have that kind of answerability or accountability to one another. Proverbs 27 verse six said, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. There's all kinds of people that line up to kiss up to you in order to gain, your in, you know, gain influence over you. But they're not gonna be there for you like they need to be there for you. I don't need those kind of friends. I need somebody who loves me enough to wound me. I need somebody that will stab me in the front and not in the back. Come on. I need friends that aren't gonna talk about me, they're gonna talk with me about what they see in my life and hold me accountable. How about you? So God give us those kind of friends. God help us to be that kind of friend. Number six, the next thing that I think every kingdom friendship really should include, and on a scale of one to 10, I really want you asking yourself, what do my friendships really look like in this regard? Number six is acceptance. We need acceptance from one another. I mentioned earlier that we're all wired by God to need community. We need that. We need acceptance. We need affirmation from others. Look at me. You're not going to get that from the world. You will not get that. If you're living a life that is righteous before God, if you're living a holy life, listen, the world's not going to applaud you. The world's not going to celebrate you. The world's going to push back on you. And so the acceptance you need is gonna have to come from the family of God. Romans chapter 15 and verse seven instructs us, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to praise God. So in other words, we don't really give God praise merely by coming to a service and singing some songs. We give God praise by being accepting towards one another. Now, some of you right now are going, yeah, but Jeff, that's hard. Because the people God's bringing into my life Dude, they're so different than I am. They, they have different views about things and they grew up maybe in a, you know, kind of a different way of, 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 of thinking about things. And, and Jeff, we just don't have that much in common. Are you kidding me? You have Christ in common. Can I say this? That as long as you're both living within the parameter of what scripture teaches, who cares that there's differences? Differences are good. Differences aren't wrong. They're just differences. Maybe God's trying to shake your tree. Maybe God's trying to get you out of the mold you've been in. And so he's put somebody in your life that is different than you. So you can embrace some new way of thinking about things and seeing things. I appreciate that help. Number seven, here's what our, our kingdom friendships if we're doing friendship in a new way as followers of Jesus, here's what those friendships should include. Encouragement, prayer, and challenge. We need to provide for one another companionship, accountability, and acceptance. And then lastly, we want to give one another support. We need to be a base of support for one another. 
We need to be in each other's corner. We need to be there for one another. Galatians chapter six and verse two said, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. We know the law of Christ is love. And God said, that's what love looks like. Love looks like us carrying one another's burdens. I'll put it like this. Your real friend is the one who comes running in when everybody else is running out. They're there to shoulder the load with you and help you to get through a moment that you couldn't get through on your own. When we support one another, we're fulfilling the law of Christ to love. And let me wrap this up. Sometimes new friendships are just old friendships done in a new way. If you're a Christ follower and you've been serving God for some time and you've got friends within the kingdom but those friendships don't look like what I just described, then you, you need to start doing friendship God's way and not your way. You need to start making sure that you are encouraging one another, that you are praying for one another, that you do provide consistent challenge, that you're faithful you know, to be that companion for one another, to hold each other accountable, to be accepting towards one another and supportive towards one another. On a scale of one to 10, are you that friend in a strong way? Are your friends that for you in a strong way? If not, let's start doing friendship in a whole new way. Let's get some brand new friendships established. Whether it's with new people or the same people we've been doing life with, but now we're gonna do life the way God intended us to. A few weeks ago, Don and I were down in Orlando, Florida. We were um, attending a convention for uh, the Assemblies of God and uh, we were down there and um, we had just sat down to dinner with about a dozen people that we only get to see every other year or so and we were looking forward to having some time with them and interacting with them when all of a sudden my phone rang and the person on the other line informed me that a mutual friend, many of you know, Jason Estee, his wife Candace had just been in a a very serious, actually a life-threatening car wreck, a collision. And my friend told me, Jeff, they've airlifted Jason. Candace and the boys are okay, but they've airlifted Jason and that's all we know. Well, again, I've known Jason for over 30 years. He's a dear, dear friend. And I'm just telling you, Don and I immediately got up. We walked out of that restaurant. We did not care if all Orlando heard us. We began to lift our voice towards God and we began to cry out to God, God, spare Jason's life. Lord, what's going, whatever's going on, Lord, intervene. God, those doctors, spare his life. We didn't know if he would live or die at that moment. The good news is, Jason has astounded all of the doctors. They, he had a, a collapsed lung. He had several abrasions and broken ribs. And, and yet, I mean, within two days, he was already, two or three days, he was already out of the hospital. And the doctors are just scratching their hands ahead. They can't, they can't figure it out. They call him the miracle man. Uh, that's the good news. Uh, on the night that it happened, Don and I We're waiting for an update. Again, we don't know if our friend's gonna live or die. We're waiting on an update. And and within a matter of minutes, people started providing that for us through texts, through calls. One of the calls that I got was from Pastor Brody Lantier. And he said, Jeff, I'm here at the hospital. He said, Jeff, there's between 60 and 70 crossroads people out in the lobby. They were here within a matter of minutes. He said the whole hospital was going, who's this guy? 
who is this guy that all these people are coming in? They said, is he some kind of celebrity? I have an answer for that. Absolutely, Jason Este is a celebrity. He is celebrated in this house. He is celebrated, as are all of you. We celebrate one another, don't we? That's what families do. They celebrate one another. They bring the best out of one another. That's how God wants us doing friendships in a brand new 